are back here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Semi-finals return tomorrow, Argentina-Croatia. We will have a preview of that game here shortly. Wednesday, Morocco and France. Exciting stuff. Not many people had them, if any, had these final four. We have the three continents, and uh, that means the world is going to truly be engaged. I imagine regions pull for each other. I don't think Brazilians are pulling for Argentines. I don't think the English or... Uh, the Dutch or the Germans are pulling for France, but hey, they, 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 you know, you go the other side and I think the African continent is certainly pulling for Morocco. So we'll see about that. We will get into that and we knew there's going to be a few off days here. We'll have third place game and the final over the weekend. And we were saying, what are, we're going to get topics? Wow, did we get a biggie? Did we get an absolute whopper with this story about Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna? And we'll get into all of that here on the Soccer OG World Cup Daily, which is available in audio podcast form where all podcasts are available. All the podcasts are there. Some are dated, but I can guarantee you get some great information. A lot of great interviews, including the one with Julie Stewart-Binks yesterday. We'll have a couple more interviews coming up this week. And then we put a bow on this World Cup, and we certainly move forward uh, back to league play and then enjoy the holidays as best you can. And uh, we do get ready a little bit for 2026. Daryl DK. Back with West Brom, goal and assist uh, in his return. So we will have our 26-player uh, roster for the 2026 World Cup uh, later this week as well. We'll talk about that. I'm available here on all the social media platforms. Check us out. Like and subscribe us here. It's my sound effect. You may not like it, but it's mine. And we are here on YouTube. Check out all the videos, all available, all very interesting, I would imagine. Uh, I've taken no shortcuts to bring you uh, the, as good of content as possible. We can always improve. So let us know. Leave us a comment somewhere and let us know uh, uh, your thoughts. Appreciate uh, the discourse with you. And as always, we are presented by the fine folks at Farmer John. I got another, I got this in the mail today. The classic bacon, the smokehouse bacon, the breakfast links. This is my World Cup. This is my, I want to lift this at the end of the competition. And you can't get Farmer John everywhere, but come out and visit us in California and try it. I had it this morning, got my day off to a great start. The foundation of a good breakfast with Farmer John. And you know what you'll notice? If you have a dog, they smell it and that dog will be begging to be on your lap if that's something. My dog certainly does every morning. Smells that Farmer John, it comes down. But she gets none of it. She gets some. Let's get into this situation, a uh, story by The Athletic, and I want to applaud Paul Tenorio and Sam Stasekul, who appeared on this podcast before, talking about uh, breaking stories and this story about Greg Berhalter having a conversation with Gio Reyna three weeks before this competition and telling him that he wasn't going to play a big role in the World Cup. And uh, depending on who you follow on Twitter, people are outraged by that and how could you tell that? And I, you know, I, I, I want to talk to my guy, Taylor Twelman. He goes, I've never heard of that. I go, Taylor, really? Taylor, really? You haven't heard of a coach sitting down with a player and saying you're not going to play a big role? I find that hard to believe. And uh, that's the conversation you want, right? You want a coach to be up front with you. You don't want him to feed you a line. You've made the World Cup and go, look, and Gio Reyna wasn't going to be a starter. We looked at it every way. We, 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 we liked Wea. We liked Pulisic and whichever forward was going to play there. Uh, Gio Reyna came in in an emergency situation, looked okay, but it wasn't his World Cup. We'll get into his side as well as this. And uh, this article was going to come out on The Athletic. 
And we don't know exactly why Greg Berhalter had these words. He said, we had a player that was clearly not meeting expectations on and off the field. One of 26, so it stood out. As staff, we sat down, we were going to do, we were ready to book a plane ticket home. That's how extreme it was. Came down to one more conversation. Part of that was how we were going to behave from here on out. No more infractions. By the way, he didn't mention which player it was. But we figured out it was Gio Reyna pretty quickly. I mentioned it yesterday. I, I, when I published the video yesterday, this news hadn't come out. Uh, he apologized to the group. Have to say why you were apologizing. I prepped the leadership group with this. I gave the, squ the squad stood up, said wasn't good enough. You have not been meeting expectations of teammates. We want to see change. They took ownership from that day on no issue. We also want to talk about the reaction from Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna saying, I hope not to comment on matters at the World Cup. It is my belief that things happen in a team setting ought to remain private. That being said, statements have been made that reflect on my professionalism and character. So I feel the need to make a brief statement. Just before the World Cup, Coach Berhalter told me that my role in tournament would be limited. I was devastated. I am someone who plays with pride and passion. Soccer is my life and I believe in my abilities. I fully expected and desperately wanted to contribute to the play of a talented group as we try to make a statement at the World Cup. I am also a very emotional person and I fully acknowledge that I let my emotions get the best of me and affect my training and behavior for a few days after learning about my limited role. Apologize to my teammates and coach for this and I was told that was forgiven thereafter. I shook off my disappointment and gave everything I had on and off the field. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff from Gio. He wasn't acting like an adult in many ways. We saw that video with the headphones going through and everyone's celebrating. I hated that with a passion. There's no way after getting this huge result that you should behave that way. But he was thinking of himself. Can't do it. Now, there have been some conflicting information. Jason McIntyre said there was a vote. Um, about 12 players, 11, 12 players said for him to stay. 11 said to go. Forgive me if I don't have the right numbers, but... Taylor Twelman reached out to the uh, agents and said, was there a vote? And he was told there wasn't. Uh, the vote situation seemed a bit weird. That, people's, that has people up in arms saying, why would you leave it to a vote of the players? I don't mind that. I think Greg Berhalter has been consistent with that. He did that with naming the captain. Uh, everyone wants, you know, it's, it's all this conflicting information. We want Greg to be a leader through and through. But uh, what about the players? He wants to lean into them. He wants them to make these decisions. I am fine with that. Now, with what was said by Burhalter, it clearly feel like he knew that it was going to come out, so he wanted to get ahead of this story. So, he, uh, to me, it says that maybe his time with the U.S. men's national team is coming to a close, because this is the kind of stuff that you just don't freely let out if you plan on being there for another four years, especially with Gio Reyna, who you could argue is the most talented player in the U.S. roster, and he is going to learn from this. He is going to mature from this and be a much better player. The uh, the There's a lot of agendas out there, and it's like we have to. It feels like we have to take a side. We have to take a side. Do we take side with Greg Berhalter, or do we side with Gio Reyna? I don't want to take a side. I don't want to take a side. These guys are both wrong. Greg Berhalter should not have uh, released this information. Um, should have done his best to protect the players. Gio Reyna is 100% right. That is behind closed doors. And everyone here who keeps saying, I want uh, transparency. You don't. You don't want transparency. We're not supposed to have transparency. This kind of information should remain internal. And 
No national team is releasing this information. I mean, uh, Lionel Scaloni, when he was asked about one of his injured players ago, that's not your, that's not your business. That was a closed-door practice, and that applies to the U.S. And this is happening with a lot of national teams that aren't playing in the World Cup. The dirty laundry is coming out, but we figured this was an issue. Now, Greg Berhalter's, you could say he was wrong about saying that Gio wasn't healthy. It wasn't the case. He wasn't going to play a big role. I don't care about that. Just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Don't feed us a line if it's not true. Just don't say anything. Don't lie. So there's a lot to be unhappy with with Greg Berhalter. And um, it's, uh, it certainly means that the, the end is near for his. I'd be shocked if that is really the case. Um, if there is a future for him, this is uh, unfortunate. And, you know, remember Gio Reyna's father, Claudio, and he was part of it, and Eric Winaldo was part of it. And uh, there's some bad blood. And it's uncomfortable to think about this, uh, where there are secrets and lies. That's what they are. And they came out, and this should have been handled a whole lot better. So Greg Berhalter had a situation of dysfunction with his national team. Didn't nip it in the butt. And now we have this. We have this. I love it, by the way. This is an incredible story to be discussing. Uh, Berhalter, again, with regards to... Um, I thought Ali Moreno... I was watching ESPN FC. Um, G- talk, talks, sorry about that. Need to grow up simple. Um, Gio should have been sent home in some cases. Uh, and some people are saying that Greg should have pulled the trigger, not the players. He didn't do that. And though we go, go on. Gio's agent had this to say. Disappointing and disrespectful for certain parties to be commenting on private team matters publicly. Do it in a self-serving manner. Certainly this leak, whatever you want to call it, um, is unfortunate across the board. And it shows dysfunction, uh, drama, discord. Uh, remember the Weston McKinney situation? It was not made public. And I, I thought that was handled very well. Um, there was something more to the Geo situation and why these players are not playing and people are taking the coach to task and that is fine. Uh, Geo obviously had the final straw in the Wales game when Jordan Morris went out there in front of him. Don't blame him. I wanted to see Geo Reyna in that game. Geo threw his shin guards after not being subbed in. There was lack of effort in training. There was a friendly where the lack of effort was shown. Apparently, DeAndre Yedlin and Aaron Long urged him for more effort. They needed him. Those players came in. It was a positive message. And, you know, there's also a message here. Well, I will get to that in a moment. I want to talk about what Ali Moreno said. Um, The job of the manager is dealing with disappointment of your players on why they are not playing. You have to reach that guy. Uh, He's 100%. That is part of it. And if you have an issue with that player, don't call him in. I mean, that would have been uh, caused a huge, huge reaction. If this is a player you don't see and you feel is an option, don't bring him in. But it was a limited. So I think Gio knew that you were going to play a role. And when you say limited, it can always grow. There are injuries, there are suspensions that can always grow. So I don't know what that conversation sounded like. I'd be surprised if you said, no, this is it. You're going to play maybe a half. I think he had to have included, um, it had to say something. You're not going to start, but be ready to go. It just doesn't make sense that a coach would just shut it down that way. If he did say that, and shame on Greg. Um, let's talk about Gio. Let's talk about Gio. For those who just keep saying, play your best players, it doesn't work that way. 
you uh, you've got it doesn't always work, and we've seen it here with the dysfunction of this situation. Um, the most important thing at a World Cup is the group. Everyone was asking Greg about this player, and the whole group uh, was upset about the crappy performances that they were seeing. It they they try to keep it under wraps during the World Cup. That is unhealthy. You can't have that at a World Cup. Um, and now it's caused this thing where people taking sides. There's a lot of blame to be passed around here, but this is what we have at this moment. If 25 players are on board and one is not, that is all I need to hear. If entire team has an issue from what we're hearing, or most of the guys had some semblance of issue, some more than others, then that is on Geo. This is a bad look for him. And I would say this, people say he's 20. Well, I, when you are selected for the World Cup, you are all men. You are on even terms. You've got to be an adult. If you're not going to be an adult, or you are going to spat, and you are going to uh, complain, then you shouldn't be here. It's that simple. This is why coaches lean into veteran players. This is why the U.S. went with this young team because they had the talent, but maybe if there were better alternatives, you would like a more experienced player. The, uh, 20, we, we can't make excuses for Gio Reyna being wet behind the ears. He was there to be a part of it. If he is dragging down the hole, that is a massive problem. We saw the body language before this drew out, and now we know this truth. And I'm, I, again, this is, should be held, but I'm glad we, we're hearing this so we can give some closure to this. But this isn't just a Greg problem. This is a Geo problem. Because if you're undermining the effort, you shouldn't be there. 25 guys signed off and said, we want to be part of it. We get it, whether I am playing every game or I'm sitting on the bench the whole game. There are a long list of players that would love to be there and were not that would have approached it the same way. It is an honor to be on a World Cup roster. And even though you feel you're this great player, which we agree he is, uh, he wasn't going to start. It wasn't his time, but he was there, emergency situation, to certainly fill if Christian Pulisic couldn't go. I think, I think that is the option. You get Gio Reyna or you get Christian Pulisic. Pulisic's further along and he is responsible. He is mature in this process. Imagine if some other players started acting out. This would have crumbled. And the fact that Greg Berhalter had 25 of 26 on board is a good reflection off of Greg Berhalter. Gio Reyna has to seize this opportunity and I am all on board to see it. This is a great learning experience because we need him. And I hope to see him there starting in 2026 and scoring goals and celebrating. And we can't be too hard on him because this was a mistake and it happened. But this is why you get veteran players. Because you don't have to deal with this. And this was being part of being inexperienced and a bit of a baby. But there's some other guys that were younger than him that went along about their business. Joe Scali didn't play a minute, but he was on board. Grant, he's not the talent that Gio Reyna is. But this is unfortunate. I think it's the end of the road for Greg Berhalter. It's not, at the end of the day, it's not a huge deal. It, it showed some dysfunction. But if this U.S. team effort went belly up, then it would be a bigger issue. 
They met expectations. They made the, made the round of 16. Should have made the quarterfinals, but alas, they did not. Stop taking sides. This is not like one thing or the other. And I know I've been on Twitter and some people are like, fire Greg, where's the leadership? Look, the leadership is deferring to your players. I think coaching-wise, other than letting this get out, the right decision was made. This is how you coach. And this is why you go for an experienced group. I know I left some things out. There is so much meat on this bone, but uh, a good moment for Gio. I'm pulling for him. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying this shouldn't be happening. Okay? And we move upward and onwards. Soccer OG World Cup Daily will be back. We preview the first semifinal, Argentina and Croatia. Give you my pick as well. That is coming your way next. Tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. It is the first semifinal, Argentina and Croatia. Fifth World Cup semifinal for Argentina, 78, 86, 1990, 2014. And now this. They are the Copa America champions, emerged via a penalty shootout in an intoxicating game. It was ugly. It was full of incidents. You couldn't take your eye off. It was like the car wreck game. Although it had some beautiful moments too, including my favorite goal of the competition, the free kick to tie the game up to two. Argentina come in a pretty heavy favorite, which I found a little bit surprising. Uh, not that they don't deserve to be it. This is more a reflection off of Croatia, who continue to be so impressive. Um, they were a plus 5,000 to win the whole World Cup. So if you bet on Croatia early on, you are sitting very, very pretty. Obviously, the big story here is Lionel Messi. He is having an incredible tournament. And he had, for me, his best World Cup game against the Dutch in a very difficult game. We saw naughty Messi. We saw angry Messi. And it worked for him. We saw him with this incredible pass and converting two penalties, one in uh, regular time, one in the penalty shootout. We can compare to Messi making the final in 2014. That was a very different Argentina team. Incredibly, I thought the narrative for this Argentina team coming in was more of a collective. But in reality, they have leaned really into Messi. They let him play where he wants and he is able to maneuver, which is also a case with Luka Modric for Croatia, which makes this matchup so appealing with two real rock stars in this game. Lionel Messi is putting this team again on their shoulders, more so than 2014. 2014, Argentina was one settle, one settle. Defend, do very well, don't leak goals. Their best player was Javier Mascherano. That's not up for debate. I will, if you want, I'm not going to sit down and watch the games again. But Javier Mascherano in 2014 was here, and Messi was a little bit below. They made it to a final, and then. Uh, obviously, uh, Gonzalo Higuain unable to make that. Otherwise, Lionel Messi would have won his World Cup. That's going to be a conversation to be had. Does Lionel Messi need a World Cup to be on that top, top tier of legends, which really is Pele and Maradona? There's no one else on there. Messi deserves to be on there for what he has done, whether they win the 2020 World Cup or whether they lose to Croatia. Messi certainly should be there, maybe a titch behind because those two guys have uh, won the World Cups and made finals. Uh, I thought there was a great quote by Jorge Valdano, who is a legendary player who played with Maradona. He said, Messi is Maradon Maradoniando, Maradona-ing in this World Cup. Um, he said, if you don't love Messi, you don't love football. 
You know, some of us don't love loving Messi because of his behavior, but I thought it was the, a means to an end, so I liked angry Messi. Uh, this is the most important week of his career. This is no question. So there's a lot of pressure on here. And after that incredible performance against the Dutch, an incredible performance as well against Australia, incredible performance against Mexico, they're going to ask him to do it again. Because this Argentina team is not a true collective. They still lean into Messi. And that's a lot of pressure to ask of him. If he does it, that would be something else. I mean, there's been help. Julian Alvarez uh, has been able to provide something. The wide players are really good uh, with uh, Nahuel Molina. There is not going to be Acuna in this game. Which I think is a concern because I love the wide players. Uh, Tagliafico is going to come in in his place. That's a concern for Argentina. Maybe Angel Di Maria comes back in as well. I, I think they want to keep it very sprite and young. And then have that, that engine room behind them. Uh, the guys that came off the bench provided a spark. Lautaro Martinez having his moment in the penalty shootout. And if it gets to a penalty shootout, you have Emi Martinez. A lot of positive stuff. Lionel Scaloni said about Croatia... They can hurt Argentina. They have a specific style. Uh, it's neither defensive nor attacking. And Argentina, since the Saudi Arabia lost, has conceded three goals in four games. So Argentina is in good shape. And they're going to face a Croatia team that's really had to stretch themselves to get through two penalty shootouts. In fact, they have four players that have already logged 510 minutes. Friday to Tuesday is not a long break. And Argentina is deeper than Croatia. Josko Gvardiol, uh, obviously uh, Livakovic, uh, Juranovic, who's been great. A uh, fourth player at Skaseby, they've played 510 minutes. So that includes the uh, extra time. They lead this tournament in minutes. Uh, those guys have all been key. Obviously, the goalkeeper, you're not going to have as much on the odometer as uh, other players. But Gvardiol, you're putting a lot on a 20-year-old defender. So that's going to be... Uh, interesting. Zlatko Dalic, his message to his team, he doesn't want a feisty game like we saw against Argentina, which was officiated in favor of Argentina. There's no question about it. There were 17, 18 yellows, whatever the total was. Dalic doesn't want that, and I don't blame him. He wants a clean game, and I think there is going to be an opportunity to get that. But if they have to roll their sleeves up and get dirty, uh, Croatia can do that. As I've said before, Croatia is going to win a World Cup. They are officially an elite power even when Luka Modric leaves and he's been a very special player and he is going to be a candidate for the golden ball, especially if Croatia advance out of this semifinal. But Croatia are here. Um, they are a world power. They are a top-tier world power and you could even knocking out Brazil, beating Belgium, beating Japan, uh, different styles they've adapted and this is a team that, again, is very fearless and hangs their hat on. They have enough game winners with Modric and Perisic and Petkovic scoring the goal. This is a very good, dangerous team capable of winning the World Cup. That's, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm, I think Argentina should be the favorite, but I think it should be very, very close. So if you're a gambler, put some of that money on Croatia. I think they're going to win this game. I see one Cero, which is crazy when you have Lionel Messi but Croatia is going to be a different test. The Dutch um, just didn't have anything, but even at the end, we're able to complicate things. I think Croatia will, have, will follow that pattern. Maybe I'll change it to 2-1. Maybe the, No, I'll stick to 1-0. Because, you know, someone scores a goal and your, your prediction goes down the tubes. 
But I do believe Croatia is going to make it. And they, maybe they get a rematch, which would be incredible if you have a Croatia-France rematch in that final like we had 2018. A result no one saw coming, certainly from the Croatian perspective. These two teams met in 2018. Croatia beat Argentina in the groups 3-0. It was a very different Argentina team. This is a much better Argentina team. And they have a Lionel Messi who is completely locked in and he was doing it with PSG before arriving to the World Cup. We're not that surprised, but I'm a little surprised he's been this good. He has been tremendous and he's going to have to do it again. He's going to have to do it again. And this is going to be a game where they're going to try and take him out and he can't sag, which he did in the Saudi game, which he did for a little bit against Mexico before coming out and scoring that incredible goal. We're here and going. Croatia, 98 semifinalists. Finalist in 2018, and here we go. Enjoy this game, man. And then we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow, and we will preview the game between France and Morocco. The semifinals are here. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily here to take you along for the ride, maybe hopefully make you a little bit smarter of a soccer fan. I hope so. We'll see you very soon. See you tomorrow.